The button is up, Mike. Uh, the button is up. You know, I'm really thankful that we talked about joy because we're going to be doing some fun stuff tonight. Okay? But before we do any of that, all right, actually, Mike, can I spot you real quick? I'm going to ask them what they remembered from last week. Um, could we give them a shirt for the people who volunteer? Shirt? Yeah, yeah. Morningstar shirt, a youth shirt. Do we have any in the bag? We'll see what we have. If we don't, that is my fault, but we'll still benefit from what you guys remember. So, does anyone want to volunteer that? Travis is like shaking the seat over there. He's so excited. Come on, man. All right, what have you got, buddy? Okay. Um, so, um, I think the way that um, when, when, when uh, Barnabas was trying to get Jesus to listen, yeah. um, and people were trying to get him down, and um, trying to get him quiet. Yeah. And once they did that, he spoke louder. So, really, like, when they said, when they were mute, he spoke louder. That was great. Thank you, man. All right. Absolutely. Yes, Caitlin. Floor? Yeah, the floor is yours. Come up. Okay. So, the one thing I remember was... Um, Hold a little closer. I do that all the time. It's okay. Was grace was something, getting something not deserved, and mercy is something not getting Oh yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. One more. Oh, the catch. Okay, one more. Anybody else? Matthias. Sure, man. Come on. It's okay. All right. Uh, I guess I remember just like uh, you try to get out of your comfort zone and. Um, oh, that's a good one. Just like speak up and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. Really, really good stuff. I'm glad that you guys are soaking that stuff in. That means that we are doing our job making the Word of God digestible to you. Before we do anything else tonight, I know that you guys have a lot of energy. Okay? I saw it on the football field, and I saw it in uh, worship, and I saw it as we came in. Ooh, we got some shirts. Cool. Mike, we got uh, Matthias, Caitlin, and Travis. Right, well, I only have, let's see, I've got two shirts. These are the best shirts. These are the Deep best retreat, shirts. So they're in smalls. So two smalls. Ooh. And then I've got, if anyone needs a new Bible, awesome. the Extreme Team Bible. Ooh. So who were the... So Caitlin, Matthias, and Travis. Okay, Caitlin, what would you... Yeah, it's a pretty blue color. Yes. <laughs> Matthias and Travis. But it's a good choice. Hey, those were my favorite shirts, and they're the most comfortable we ever got. So feel blessed. Jovanna <laughs> says it's debatable, but I hold I hold that in my heart. All right, so we're gonna. Do you guys know what a joyful noise is? Like, like, how about this? Did you guys uh, watch or hear about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Okay. So did you see how crazy people got? They're like jumping up and down. They're like, yeah! Right? You guys, are you familiar with that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think you were there. All right. So what we're going to do right now 
is we're all together going to get up off our feet, get up off our butts, and we're going to make a joyful noise for a couple seconds. Ready? Oh, no. On a count of three, okay? We're all together going to do it, except for me, because it would be really loud if I did. Okay. We're going to do a joyful noise, okay? Like you're celebrating, okay? You can move your body, just don't hurt nobody, all right? Three, two, one. That was a little weak. Hold on a minute. I need to hear you from all the way back here. All right? You ready? Three, two, one. That's what I'm talking about. All right, have a seat. Remember that, okay? Because we're going to do something with that at the end. Okay. So, as Mike said last week, and I know that you guys remember a lot of last week's from your great, um, you know, when you guys came up. We are in the final third of Mark, and it's taken us a while to get here, right? We're starting chapter 11, and we've only got 16 chapters. But something I want you guys to know as Caitlin's sure is being forced onto her, um, is that these last six chapters, even though it's going to take us a couple months, take a week of real time. Mark decided to devote six chapters of his book to one week. So we know it's important. We know there's a lot within each chapter about what's going on. This is the final week of Christ's earthly, earthly, yeah, his earthly mission. He's got six or seven days left. And so we're going to start it and kick it off tonight And he's going to make probably the biggest bang he's made since he kicked this thing off. We ready? Okay. What we're going to do tonight is I'm going to read the first 11 verses straight through. We'll ask the Lord to bless the message. And then we're going to break down each verse so that we understand it from the mindset of people who were reading it after it was written. So it would be more fresh to us, okay? We're going to understand the setting, the situation, and some of the people that are doing this. And then at the end... We're going to do something really fun with that joyful noise to connect to them, which I'm really excited for. So, we're in Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. And I'm in NKJV, so I apologize if that throws some of you guys off. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord is in need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied to the door outside on the street. And they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. So they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. And they spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all the things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Father, I ask that you bless this word to us tonight, Lord. That you would use it to enrich our walk with you. That you would use it to inform us on your character, on your majesty. And as we go into small groups, that you would use it to bond us to you and bond us 
together as one body. In your great and holy name, we seek you tonight. Amen. Okay. Some of these are some of these verses I've got to tell you are easy to skip over. Okay, especially those latter pieces. But this is a really huge deal. Verse one, it talks of how they're drawing near to Jerusalem. They're going through two major towns. One of them you may recognize, Bethany, that's said a lot. And they come to this place, the Mount of Olives. Now, because we're in the final week of his, mission, of his earthly mission, and I don't know if, we, if you guys remember this, but this is the week of Passover. The road was not just full of people from these towns that we've been talking about, where he's done miracles, where he's done works, but it's full of people, the road's full of people, pilgrims, who are moving to Jerusalem for this big and great Jewish holiday. Um, Passover, those verses, if you guys want to learn more about that, if those verses are in Exodus on your sheets. Um, but it's a major holiday God instituted to his people after they were saved from Egypt. And so they're all moving uh, during this time to come into the city and sacrifice and worship the Lord. And there's a lot of that stuff going on. So the road is full, not only of people he came with, but people who are moving towards that place to begin with. And the Mount of Olives, that's important. We know with Luke that that is actually going to be their meeting place as they go into towns and do things for the next couple days. Because the Mount of Olives is about 300 feet above all the other towns. So as he got up there, he could see those towns, much like as if you guys were up in the balcony and you can see the whole worship stage and everything. It was like he could map out where they were going. So this was a good meetup spot. We pick up in 2 and 3 where Jesus is speaking. And it says, And he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. You guys follow me so far? We're good? Alright, got a lot of nods, got some sorters. Okay, good. Okay. Now, what he says here is, what he says here is really important. Um, what we're seeing here is it's really the first time he's exercising a kingly command over another town. This is, he is, remember, he has no official political status. Nobody voted him in to be God, right? He simply is and he simply was. And so as they get to the Mount of Olives, he, just, he tells his disciples, go and get that cult over there. And he tells them exactly how it will go. Now, we've seen them exercise faith before with big things, but this was a, they, this would have perked their ears a little bit. Because he gives specific instructions about the cult. Now, in their culture, a cult, a donkey, that's a beast of burden, okay? It's something that was used for pushing, shoving, pulling, um, sometimes riding. But if it were to be ridden in this instance, when he says, onto which no one has sat, that would have perked their ears to that. It's something to be used for holy, anointed, sacrificial purpose. They would have recognized this from knowing their history. David would enter towns way back in their day to show in a show of peace on a donkey. Other kings would enter towns, and political entities would enter towns on a donkey to show that they were coming in peace and in royalty. And so as soon as they heard that description, they knew that something different was going to happen. They knew that he was going to use this for a purpose other than just what anyone else would bring a donkey to Jerusalem at this time for, which could be sacrificing. They knew this was special. 
We're going to see this in a couple minutes and how this turns out, which I, I really like. Okay. So we go into verse 4 through 6, where they get to act this faith out. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. There's some curiosity there, right? We, we don't know who these people are who own the goat or who are around, not the goat, I'm sorry, who own the donkey or are around the donkey. We don't know if they were believers in the Lord and the Lord had uh, softened their hearts to just let them take it. We don't know if it was just the disciples went through this particular town, asked them to have the donkey ready, and then later on collected it. And we could think about that for a while, but that won't really get to the point of it. The point is that the Lord exercised a kingly jurisdiction over a place. He gave instructions to his disciples exactly how it would go. And when they were there and they met this kind of soft backlash, they saw the reign of their king enforced by people who were outside of that immediate group. Really big deal. And for you guys to understand this a little bit, now, I'm not the Lord. I can't soften a man's heart from a distance. But what they, what he asked them to do was basically, if I were to... Go up in an air balloon so we can see all the towns, right? And I said, hey, Gavin and Anthony, you go get me a brand new white Prius from Allentown. It's in the lot. Keys in the dash. Okay? Anybody ask you, tell them Quince needs it. <laughs> I say Prius because nothing's more humbling than a Prius. Okay? But that's essentially what happened. They walked into the town. They just took it. You know, they said, hey, man, the Lord needs it. And the guy's like, it's all good, man. You go ahead. And I think what was implied when they said that too is the donkey was probably returned. A good faith thing too. They were trusting that that would come back. So that's really awesome. A little spooky too. Alright. We following? Alright, cool. Alright. Alright. So we see this amazing response to authority, which would have been awesome to see. I mean, that would have... I'm not saying that I would have doubted, but I would have been really looking forward to this to be fulfilled. Okay, And so we move into verses 7 through 8. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. As I said earlier, uh, the disciples, when they were sent out with these instructions probably knew what this donkey would be used for. They knew that they figured the significance of what was going to happen. And we can see that because they put the clothing on the back of the donkey, knowing he would sit upon it. Something else I want you guys to take in here is, the only thing the Lord has commanded is the retrieval of the donkey, right? He didn't ask for the clothes to be put on the donkey. And he didn't ask for these people to lay down their clothes and leaves in the street. What we're seeing here is the Lord proclaiming himself as a kingly official entity. For weeks and months, we've seen him work miracles. We've seen him press issues. We've seen him mend hearts and change change minds, right? And each time, don't tell anybody about that. Keep this to yourself. It's not my time yet. This was his time. This was the grand showing. This was it. And that's what that donkey was for. The king, for the first time also, he is riding somewhere. 
Anybody who's been with him knows that this guy walks everywhere. He walks 20 miles a week. Non-stop. Just goes. As Travis brought up a couple weeks ago, he was just dead set on Jerusalem. Probably power walking his way into it, right? But he stops on the Mount of Olives to ride a donkey. Why? Because he knew, and the people knew, that this was an official moment. I am the king. I am riding into Jerusalem. I am taking it in peace. I am conquering it in peace. And I am to be recognized for what I am. And we see a really cool expression from these people. Mind you, not all of these people, like I said, some of them are pilgrims. Some of them may even be Gentiles just participating in this Jewish tradition going into Jerusalem. So they may not have all witnessed these miracles. But they see him. They've heard of him. They've heard of the disciples. And they see them bring the donkey. And I think this is what's going on in their mind. They know what all of this would mean. They know what his proclamation would mean. And it would have been an, if you didn't know who he was, now you know. If you weren't sure, now you're sure. This would have blown their minds. They would have been patting each other. Why? Why? Do you see that? Do you see that? They put the, they put the clothes on. He's getting on it. He's, he's getting on it. He's getting on it. And they get excited. They get excited. You know? And they just, they don't know what to do. What, what do we do? He's, he's coming into the town. How do we express this right? This is the, this is the, this is the moment. And in fact, these people were so much more connected with their cultural history than we are. They would have recognized the significance of this. How many in here could sum up the life story of your great-grandfather in like three minutes? Like start to end, you got all the major, major plot points. Travis says maybe. There's always one. That's good. Alright, how about your grandmother? Okay, one. So, so, okay, how about this? How about your parents? A little more. Okay, a little more. Here's the thing. You would have gotten the hands raised for parents, that for a great-grandfather from them, that you guys raised for parents. That's how connected they were with their past. They were taught these things over and over. They knew what had happened in the land before. They were hoping for what would happen in the future. And when they saw him fulfill, actually what we read earlier in Zechariah, this was monumentous. If you guys had seen the Eagle Super Bowl celebration in, um, in Main Street, it would have been like that times four, but without the messy bathroom problems everywhere. That's how exciting this would have been. And they start to lay out. Listen, they don't have very much. They don't have very much. But knowing who he is, they gave them what they had. Gave him what they had. They give him their hope. You see, this seeing him fulfill this is something that their great-grandfathers had talked about. Their grandfathers had talked about. Their parents had hoped to see. And now they get to live it. Imagine the guy who was healed last week. Now, he knew of the Lord through hearing. Perhaps he heard of these stories through hearing. Maybe he thought, he healed my eyes just so I could witness this. You know? A huge turning point for their culture. And they offered him all they could. You're the king, you're the king. You're announcing that you're the king. You're finally announcing that you're the king. I don't have much, but I have this shirt. Here, take my shirt. And they lay it down. Here, take this branch I found on the side of the room, but it looks really comfy. Here, take this. Here, here. He's got his shirt. Here, put that down. And they all just start laying out this leafy green and and burlapy carpet. Because they're saying to him, You are so important. We recognize that you are so important. 
that you ought not walk where others have walked. I don't have a red carpet for you, but I have my hopes. And I'll lay them down because I trust you. I know what you're here for. And they started to break out in song, right? And not just any song. Like I said, these were deeply cultural people. So this was a song from way back, something David wrote. Hosanna. And so we read 9 and 10. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We've talked about that word before a few times, both when we're worshiping and in other, in other sermons, and other speeches. Hosanna means, oh, save us, right? They recognize that he is the only one who can. They're going to Passover to sacrifice so that the Lord would cleanse them, so that they could be close to the Lord again. And they see him coming in, and they turn all that hope to him. Oh, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Now, I may be wrong at the exact date, but the kingdom of David at this time was at least a couple hundred years before this. Okay? Give you context, I don't think America is older than 250 years old. So we're talking about, they're remembering something that happened. If America were, were in that time zone, it would have, America wouldn't exist. Okay, that's how far back they remember this. And how deeply this is seated within their mind and their heart. And they pour out their praise to him. By the way, that comes from Psalm 118, 25 to 26. That'll be on your, on your notes. Before we go forward, this section is what we're going to get to do today, tonight. Uh, when we reread this. It's going to be really cool. Part of you, now in the beginning, it says, Then those who went before... And those who followed cried out. Which means a crowd in front and a crowd behind. There was this surround sound of praise going into the city as they laid down their clothes and they picked up leaves and they picked up sticks. And he's just getting this massive parade. All of which, I remind you, was not commanded. They simply offered it as they saw him lift himself up to the majesty that he is. Before I talk about that last verse, um, I was going to do this a little later, but I feel it's on my heart now. This is a really important verse because it it highlights so much of who Jesus is. Um, I'm sure many of you guys are kind of tired of how things that offer like short happiness just kind of fizzle out, you know? Some of what we hope for just doesn't last as long as we wish it would. Um, maybe in this COVID crisis, some of our friends, even though we haven't been able to see them, they've kind of, finally feels like they've dropped off the face of the earth a little bit, like we haven't been able to reach them. Maybe we family are so scared in some areas that they're unwilling to meet you even a little bit. And those who are family oriented, maybe that's hurting you guys. And you, you're looking for something, you recognize that there's a hole there and that something needs to fill it. I've got to tell you, I should remind some of you, I should say. Jesus is that. He's what that space is meant for. He is the one we are meant to live and die for. We're programmed to love him like that. We're programmed to lay down our shirts and our hopes like that for him, knowing that he will save us from those places. You see, he came with enough majesty and glory 
to heal a blind man last week who simply cried out in faith. But he also came in the humility to ride on a donkey into the town. An animal that, honestly, if you've seen them, are not very attractive, right? They're pretty lowly creatures. So he came on a, he, he rode in on that, that he would be high enough among us that we would recognize who he was when we saw him perform what he performs. But low enough that as he walked beside us, he could wipe our tears. Low enough that he could pat us on the back when we've done something well. Low enough that we could reach out to him. Low enough that we would recognize and connect with him. That's why he walked among us for so long. That's why he rode in the donkey even instead of a horse. Now, you, the horse would also have symbolized a more militaristic concept. But the donkey allowed him to be just high enough that we'd know who he was. But low enough that he was still with us. And the Lord is with us, which is wonderful. And we see this lived out here. And we see the people celebrating that in this moment. You guys with me? We're, we're following? Cool. You guys got any questions at all? Um, write them down on your notes, okay? Your small group will benefit from those. I absolutely love this passage. And I'm really excited for what we get to do next. We feel like we understand these 11 verses. We're clicking with them. Awesome. Okay. So let's reread them, and then we're going to do something fun. Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied under which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. But they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went out before and those who cried out, saying, And this is where we get to do something cool. Okay, so my A group, okay, you guys are going to be the crowd in the front. My B group, you guys are going to be the crowd in the back. A group, we are, you do not have the, I'm sorry Mike, I am a a little bit of a noob to this. Okay, could you give me a hand buddy? So Mike's going to have the verses on the screen for the A group and B group. And then the last portion, we are all going to sing and shout together with that joyful noise that we brought in the beginning, remember? So we're going to get up off our feet, and we're going to welcome the Lord in tonight. Okay, so A group, you guys are from Joanna here to Destiny and Heidi's row. Okay, you guys the ladies with the powerful voices, so I know that you guys have got this. Alright, B group, you guys are from Bowden's row. To Travis's row, okay? You guys are the hearty men. You guys will be our base, right? Alright. So how the, we're gonna do a practice run, okay? We're gonna do a practice run. We're gonna do a practice run here. So, I am going to read the first portion of nine, and when I say, who followed cried out, A group, you are going to read that. And then right after you guys are done, B group, Michael will show the next verse, and then you guys will read that. After we do that, he'll show the third, and then we will all 
say this in a big joyful noise. Listen, we don't have a city to welcome him in, right? He's already done that. He's already come in humility and grace and majesty. But you know what we can do? Is we can welcome him in to worship into small groups, right? So let's get excited. Let's do this. All right, you ready? We're gonna. We're just gonna practice, and then we're gonna do it for real, so that we are all on t- the same page. Are you what? A group where we. Can you see that? Yes. 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 All right. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying. A group. B group. Alright, everybody, I, I think that Hosea in the highest was a little weak. Alright, I want and I want to hear some cheering and clapping. The king is coming. Alright? That last one, the king is coming. You waited 400 years for this. He's finally here. He's coming to save you. Yeah, alright. That sounds better. So let's take it from the top. Let's take it from the top. I want to hear some cheering, guys, alright? Alright. We're at, uh, we're at A? Okay. Then those, oh, oh, wait, wait. You know what? I gotta read this from back here to encourage you guys. Cause I gotta hear it from back there, right? Okay. Are we ready? Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, That's right! And that's what it sounded like. Times maybe ten, but the Lord loved that you did that. You guys want to do it one more time? Yeah. All right, let's do it one more time. Get pumped. All right. Then those who went out and those who followed cried out saying, 